I go to prepare a place for you, I will return. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will return. I'll take you where I am And your name will be known A place where sorrow is washed away And selfishness dissolved Darkness it dissipates And hatred
This my inheritance will never spoil or fade until he comes. My salvation in heaven kept by faith. This my inheritance. God's power will be its shield through Jesus. given us an inheritance. Lord, you tell us that when we wait and we seek your face and we seek truth, Lord, we shall find it. And in that in itself is an inheritance, Lord. You will bestow wisdom and knowledge unto us. That which the world has never known pray, God, that as we are reminded 
of your ascension, Lord, that we can cling to the hope that you will return <laughs> in whatever form that looks like, God. We pray that if it is at the last breath that we take here and we are in your presence or if it's you returning, that we could just cling to the hope that we would live our life for you and not for ourselves. We thank you so much for this day, this glorious day that you have awoken us up for. May our lives honor and be allegiant to you and to you alone. Amen. Uh, good morning, everybody. Today is the 40th day after Easter, and today we remember uh, the day that Jesus ascended uh, to the heavens. In the Nicene Creed, we remember um, that Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, and from there he sits at the right hand of the Father Almighty, and from thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. So as we read our scriptures today, let us meditate on that that Jesus is in heaven with our Father, and that one day he will come to judge both the living and the dead. So just as we anticipate his coming again, um, let us uh, await for him to reveal himself through the written word. The first reading today comes um, from the book of Acts. Chapter 1, 1 through 11. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, and he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and to Samaria and to all of the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The second reading comes from Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to the God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. 
He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout to the Lord with a sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. The third reading, third reading comes from the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1, 15 through 23. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is feared, not only in this age, but also and the one to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And the final reading comes from the Gospel of Luke 24, 44 through 53. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, and that everything written about me in the law of the Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day be raised from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of all these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of the, my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, let us all pray together. Father God, I pray that you would send us power from heaven, that you would uh, breathe forth um, your Holy Spirit upon us, that our hearts would be enlightened to the things spoken of in your word, that we would be drawn to repentance and that we would be given great courage and hope in knowing that all things eventually will one day be restored and all things made right again. 
hear our voice. We listened. He came down. Sent us the Holy Spirit. We say, come Lord. Father, as we enter into this season of Pentecost, I just ask that you would just help us to fully grasp and apply the ministry of reconciliation that's been bestowed on us, your power, uh, 
people around us as fellow imagers and to have love and respect and to draw them into your course where they can be created also. Amen. Uh, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that this Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. It's a temptation for us as the church, the bride of Christ, to come before the Father and ask him, Now, when will you restore our world? When will you restore our nation? When will you restore the church? I know in my own prayers I often lament that the church seems to have no clear focus. We are in deep schism and suspicion of each other. And I just want to know at what time will it be restored? But Christ speaks to me, he speaks to us, and he says, it is not for you to know. Nevertheless, I'm giving you my Holy Spirit the paraclete, the comforter and defender. And when he had said these things as they were looking on, he was lifted up 
and a cloud took them out of their sight. And as they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes. And they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? I think this is one of the most relatable moments in Scripture. How many of us daily find ourselves looking into heaven, waiting for God to answer us, to speak to us, to come back? But the men in the white robes are the angels. They say, Why do you stand looking into heaven? Oftentimes we can have an escapist theology where we just want to burn and scorch the earth so that we can return to heaven. We want God to come back. But we still have a mission here. We are to go to Jerusalem, to Judea, Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. The church is missional. We need to go to all of the nations to preach the gospel, and to bring conversion. The world tells us that uh, evangelization is um, imperialistic, that we're imposing ourselves upon them. And that's not to discount that there is imperialization, that we do, that we have exploited other nations in the past. We recognize that, and for that, We ask for forgiveness. But nevertheless, we are still called to evangelize, to in humility preach the good news, and to earnestly seek the conversion of sinners. So let us keep our sight not purely vertical, but also horizontal. Because, as Paul writes in Ephesians, He has put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. Again, he's employing marital language here. Christ is the head. Christ is the husband as the church is the bride. And the church, he says, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. In marriage, the two cling to each other and they cease being individuals, but they become one flesh. When, when we direct our eyes to heaven looking for Christ, what we're ignoring is the Christ all around us, the church. If we ask ourselves, where is God in this time of sorrow, in this time of pestilence, we simply have to look at our neighbor. Christ is present in the word. This is why we gather together, and this is why we read the word because Christ is present in this. This is why we gather together physically, because Christ is in the church, where two or three are gathered, there he is. But he's also present here in the sacrament of the body and the blood. All of these are means or symbols of what we need to have in our heart, which is a relationship with God. The teachers of the law asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? 
And you quoted them with the Shema, that you are to love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And a second is like unto this, that you are to love your neighbor as yourself, quoting Leviticus. Now either Jesus can't count, or he's saying that the two are intimately related, that they are two sides of one coin. To love God is to love one's neighbor, and to love one's neighbor is to love God. So let us look horizontally. Let us reach out to our neighbors and recognize that Christ is present in them. If we knew the dignity, the holiness that was in each of us, we would tremble with fear and awe at our neighbor. Because in them is the impression of the invisible Father. In them is the image of God. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat the bread and drink the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again.